Mike Griffith here. Welcome to tonight's KM Squared. Season closing in on us, but some off field news has really dominated the headlines. Oklahoma and Texas uh, en route to the SEC. And Kenny, I'll start with you. I know you were recruited by Oklahoma. I guess I would ask you about your thoughts on Oklahoma coming to the SEC and Texas coming to the SEC. And what, what do you think about that? Well, I think both the teams are good teams. So I don't see why not they shouldn't be able to come to the SEC. Um, yes, I, I was recruited by um, Oklahoma. Um, there was one of the schools I was going to attend. I feel like they have a great program over there. The facility is nice. The, the coaching staff is, you know, they're nice. They get you fully developed for the next level, but especially um, offense, because I feel like they got a great offensive scheme over there. Um, definitely for running backs. I feel like um, them attending the SEC would be, you know, a great idea so that they can get a taste of, you know, what the SEC really like, you know. So like um, the team that they playing over there is not, you know, as developed as the teams over here in the SEC. Um, I feel like the SEC is, you know, it's like a, the NFL kind of. So, like, just bringing them on, over, just adding them on, it's going to be kind of like a, a full – you know, NFL season. So, he's, you know, developing these guys another way into going to the next level. So, I feel like adding them on wouldn't be a bad idea. Like Kenny said, um, you know, the SEC is kind of like an NFL-type atmosphere. So, you know, being able to come in and, you know, play NFL talent week in and week out, that that definitely be a great thing, um, them coming to the SEC. But I feel like it would just be a good opportunity just to, you know, play, um, I would say, a different – a different group of players because, you know, the, S- the SEC, you know, that's a that's what they call grown man football type of thing, you know what I'm saying? So it's basically almost like a preparation for the NFL type of thing. So it, it'd be great for both programs. You know, both, both programs are historically, you know, powerhouses in their, in their conferences. And I feel like, you know, moves like this, it'll it's only the beginning for, I would say, conference switches. I feel like, you know, as time continues to go on, I feel like they're going to keep switching around conferences and eventually there's going to be, uh, you know, I was like a power conference type of thing where it's like, you know, the top teams in it. That's how I feel like it's going to eventually turn out. But um, those two teams come with the SEC, that would definitely be you know, a good situation. I feel like it would be more interesting as well. Um, you know, teams may be able to lose two games and still be able to make it to the playoffs. You know, it depends on how the rules go um, as they come along. I feel like, It'll make the SEC a lot more, you know, interesting and fun to see these teams compete. We you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I see them coming over. It would be a good idea. Yeah, no, I, I agree with both you guys. You know, you mentioned the playoff, and I would ask you this. There's been some talk about, well, if there's a playoff, then the players will have to play maybe 16, 17-game seasons. You guys are, are are both key players, the wear and tear on running backs. The, would the extra games concern you, or would you prefer to have the longer season so that you could have the expanded playoff? Well, I'll start that one off. Um, to be honest, I feel like, because I've been talking about this with a few of my friends, I feel like um, they should move it to a 16 playoff brackets where it's almost like the first um, top two ranked teams, they kind of get a – I was like a bye week in a sense, you know what I mean? And, you know, just doing it that way because at the end of the day, you're probably playing – it's basically the same amount of games I feel like um, during the season if you're going to make it to the playoffs. And I feel like by that, it'll actually allow, you know, all the top teams to really get a chance because 
only four teams getting a chance. You're not really getting, you know, the all the best teams um, that have the best opportunity to win the championship. So I feel like a six game, um, six game bracket. I feel like that'll be, you know, a good, a good move for college football. I agree with that actually. Um, all these games, yeah, we're developing them for the NFL, but like at the end of the day, we're still in college and um, having the wear and tear on our bodies at this level can be a lot. So I feel like the bye week will allow, you know, teams to, you know, catch up on uh, whatever they have to do that week and um, just be another, just be another, um, another bye week that teams can just get healthy. So I agree with that. You know, with adding Oklahoma and Texas, we wonder about how often you play other schools. And Georgia is one of the schools that's got a lot of rivals. Uh, South Carolina considers Georgia a rival, but we think of Florida, we think of Tennessee, we think of Auburn, uh, some think of Georgia Tech. Uh, what about uh, to you guys? How important are rivalry? I know they're all big games, but do the rivalry games stand out or is that really more for the fans or do you guys have a taste for rivalry games yet? I feel like it's more for the fans because at the end of the day, we're still looking at this team and how we look at any other team. How we prepare for them, how we prepare for any other team. So just because it's labeled as a rival, it doesn't really mean that we're coming in here um, any different. Um, I believe the fans take it to another level um, you know, like seeing each other, you know, cursing each other out, stuff like that. I feel like that would bring the excitement to the game and the fans are a big part of it, part of the excitement in the game. So I feel like the fans really, really brings the light, the rival to another level. No, I, I totally agree with, uh, with Kenny on that one. I feel like the way I prepare for a game, I feel like I treat every team the same, you know, because the moment, the moment this is how I feel personally. The moment that you put a team, you either overestimate a team or you underestimate a team, you know, that's where you already went wrong yourself. So, you know, I try to prepare uh, every every week the same. And I feel like, you know, fans initially is what makes rivalry games, rivalry games. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're playing on the field. So um, we like we have a result or we like the atmosphere, it affects us. So it kind of gives us the fans energy type of thing. And, you know, it puts that, what what the fans see in a rivalry game, it kind of makes us see uh, the same type of thing. So I feel like you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like it's like a balance between both the fans and the athletes because the fans initially have uh, an impact on the athletes because you know that game day atmosphere. You know, when it's rivalry week, those the atmosphere goes up by ten. So you know, the players most definitely have an impact on the energy the fans uh, provide. How you feel yeah, when uh, you first attended a college game, like your first time stepping on the field, Kendall? I don't know about you, but for me, it felt like I was in a video game, like <laughs> all the fans being there, just yeah. standing at us, especially once you get the ball and all the exactly. eyes on you, like, all the attention is on you, just, you know, no better. It's a crazy, crazy feeling. Guys, uh, they're all 100 yards. All the stadiums are 100, you know, fields are 100 yards long. Same width, all, you know, green, green field. But, but other than Sanford Stadium, is there a stadium that you can't wait to play in or that you've already played in that you really love? And two, what has been the coolest stadium that you've played in so far? And what makes a stadium cool for players? Uh, I, I say Tennessee. 
playing at Tennessee was like one of the loudest uh, stadiums I ever attended. Just every play, you got to be locked in and you got to be very clued and dialed in because all the fans are just rattling every play, every quarter. So like just going there, hearing that, how loud it was, it was something different. I never experienced it um, before playing in the game. So um, what makes it loud is just the fans just, you know, loving their team, cheering off on their team, even though when they're, you know, down and stuff like that, they're still there cheering, making it, you know, loud, I mean, loud and hard for us to, you know, focus and you know, communicate on the sideline and stuff like that. So just going to the Tennessee. Yeah. I feel like um, so far, you know, I'm only a freshman and with COVID and everything, my experience with college football has been very limited, but um, I feel like the, the most fun stadium that I've been in was probably that Alabama game. Just cause it's like, when you, the, I remember the running back, the running backs, we warm up right in front of the student section and their student section is, you know, throwing peanuts, throwing all type of stuff at us during warm up and everything. And, um, before half, we had that. There was a little situation where we were in the tunnel when they were kicking the field goal. So it was like, it was just like the energy from the fans, and just like it was that, it was that college football atmosphere that you hear about on TV, and you hear about you know the rowdy fans and everything like that, and you know that big stadium. It was just, it was just a fun um, atmosphere. But I would say my favorite stadium that I played in so far was uh, I like the Mercedes Benz Stadium because that's just like that's just futuristic, like. That stadium, that that was really the start of a new era of stadiums, as you can see across the NFL. Everybody's starting to build these super domes and, you know, that type of thing. And that stadium playing in there, it was really a blessing because, you know, not many people get the opportunity to play in a stadium like that. And, you know, it was just a, a fun experience. Definitely. Did the, you know, you guys mentioned COVID last year, and, and obviously there wasn't, you know, there were restricted fans there. Is locked in and focused. Did, did that make a difference? Do you think that took away? I know you guys have both talked about the energy, but did that, do you think that takes away that greatly, Kenny? I mean, once the game kicked off, did you notice, wow, this is really different? Or are you so locked in that it didn't really matter as much as you might have thought? Well, like I said, um, we, the way we approach the game is, is, is not different if fans are there or not. Um, we practice that way. Um, we, we we develop that way every week. So really not, it, it was no different because I'm locked into what I, my responsibility, what I need to do on the field. And um, just, it's just the fact that hearing that the, the fans as you're running the ball is the side in the part, you know, just to get the crowd loud and cranked up and stuff like that. That's just what um, was missed. And um, I feel like um, really much them not being there didn't really stop anything. Um, I feel like we still had a, a goal to achieve and I feel like the fans really didn't stop it, but they're definitely a plus to the game. So Yeah, I, I feel like for me, like I said, I my time in college football has been you know, very different from a lot of people. I didn't get to enjoy the 100,000 um, fans. I didn't get to go through the true dog walk. I didn't get to have a bowl weekend. So, you know, the experience that I had, I feel like I feel like it'll be, you know, a different feeling once the stadiums open back up in its full capacity. But at the end of the day, when I'm on the field, um, I don't think about the fans. I don't think about, you know, what's going on, how many people are in the stadium. It's just football at that point. So, you know, I feel like to a certain point, it'll be um, – to a certain point, it'll have an impact. But, you know, for me, I'm one of those people that 
once I'm on the field, like everything's almost tuned out to a point. So, you know, that's how I feel about it. Definitely keeping the main thing the main thing. Exactly. The Olympics are going on. And listen, I know, you know, you guys have so much school work. You have practices, workouts, lives. Have you been able to watch any Olympics, question one? And two, if you were going to try out for the Olympics, what event, what Olympic event do you think you would want to try out for that you could, that you could make? Um, I've seen the um u.s basketball team losing a lot so after you know watching a few of those games i really stopped watching it so um it wasn't as interesting anymore so um one of the uh i say i'll try long jump i feel like i can jump out that you know the sand pit you know i feel like a little far float in the air a little bit while i'm glad so I feel like that'll be one of uh, I did it before um really middle school. I did it in middle school, my first time doing it. And I remember jumping like a, a 20, you feel me, one time and just that was one thing I, I like like doing, just jumping and stuff like that. So I fell in love with that. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't really uh, watched the Olympics this year. Um right now, you know, with our football schedule. The time that you're really free is, you know, limited. So most times I'm just doing schoolwork or I'm sleep, something like that. But um, if I had to choose an Olympic event, mm, that's a that's a tough one. I would say I'll say probably the relay. But then, but like <laughs> that track speed is different though. So I don't know. I'll say I just I'll just I'll just watch from the bleachers. What leg, what leg would you want to run? Like the third leg, so it's not like too much. Like the curve. <laughs> Let me run the first or the third. I don't want because the uh, one and the four. That's where people get snatched, and I don't want to be all over Twitter <laughs> talk about K, K Milk got snatched. You said what? They're running twenty six miles per hour. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like. Those boys are actually moving, and it's, yeah, it's, it's not what we call moving to football standards. Different yeah. type of fast, so you know I, I'll let them boys be great with their great at. I guess I, I got to ask you. I got to ask you about Arian Smith. You know, when we, we were talking with Eric Stokes a few months ago, he said that guy's on another level. And then Stokes goes out and runs a four two six. I mean, is it, it does Arian? Is he? Is it that obvious out there? Because there's a lot of fast guys out there. Listen. I know Arian is definitely one of those people, you know, we in um, football practice, we have those little GPSs on and everybody, you know, you hit, you hit a 22 miles per hour, you, you stoked, you know, you hit a, you hit a 21, you happy. Well, Arian comes in here and he, he'll run a 24 miles per hour. You know what I mean? So it kind of, there's definitely that separation of speed and uh, it's evident. Everybody knows who the fastest one out there is. You know, it's, it's no question to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Arian, one of those guys that stands out just by the way he walks. You can just tell he's one of those speedsters, you know, the way his legs build, you know, skinny legs, you know what I'm saying? You can just tell he's one of those track guys that play football cause, and he actually goes out there and proves it because, like, he can move, man, really. Like, yeah, like he said, he out there running 24, like, it's nothing, like, couple of steps and he hitting it, just a little burst, you know, when you take that, during that long, he just... It's crazy. I can't even explain it. Yeah. 
You and a Georgia assistant coach are stranded on a deserted island trying to figure out how to get back to civilization. Which assistant coach do you want it to be and why? Uh, that's easy. I'm going with Ryan Williams. Um, he played quarterback, so you know they got to be one of the smartest players on the field. They, you know, got to be quick on their feet, uh, just you know, decisive, real quick. So I feel like he would be real, um, a real key to help me get back. You know, to have a knowledge, knowledge, um, wisdom. I say, to, you know, find the right path to go. You see what I'm saying? To help me find the island, so I feel like Ryan Williams would be the one for me. Um, I would say mine would be Coach Cocker, mainly because everything, everything that we do, I know he's gonna be passionate about it. I know he's gonna be all in. It's gonna be, there's no questions about it. And, you know, he, he's one of those dudes that just by his voice it fires. You know, <laughs> what he says, I might run through a brick brick wall or something. So I feel like Coach Cocker, he'll be one of those dudes that you know, at time on the island is gonna be enjoyable, but we gonna. We're going to get it done and find a way off. <laughs> All right, here's another one for you. You and a Georgia assistant coach are lost in the jungle when a tiger jumps out from behind a tree. Which assistant coach do you want standing beside you to fight it off? Uh, who you think? I'm going to say Eddie. Eddie, he, he's a big dude. Uh, Eddie can move. <laughs> Eddie can and he can really move for his size. And um, I feel like he'll be, take up a lot of space. The tiger trying to come attack me, he gonna be right there, you know, grab him or something like that. <laughs> you feel me? So I feel like Eddie will be, you know, the one I call. I call Coach Luke. Cause them, them linemen, all they practice is hands. All they practice is hands. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna rely on Coach Luke. When, when, when that tiger jump, I need that hand placement. Yeah. I need that hand placement. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that's really and placement and strike. You know that at, both of them athletic. Nah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They really the athletic ones. Nah, I ain't gonna lie to you. Some athletic players on the team. Like, you know what I mean? Alright, next next one. Finish this sentence. The last teammate I'd want to face in a one-on-one hitting drill is Jordan Davis. Yeah, uh, I feel like with Jordan, like there's no winning. Like he's too big. He's he's really a brick wall. Like uh, uh, Devontae, Devontae, like a pit bull, man. <laughs> like one wide, big, he fast. You know, like if you hit running to him for a head on, you know. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> even even Jalen Carter though. And Jalen Carter, that boy, he's solid. You know, he's he's fully solid. Yeah. So you want you have to come with it against him. Oklahoma or Texas? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Coffee or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Iced tea or soda? Iced tea. Neither. Sunrise or sunset? Uh, Sunset. Ocean or lake? Ocean. (laughs) East Coast rap or West Coast rap? Uh, be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a question again? East Coast rap or West Coast rap? Definitely not West Coast, East Coast. Man, we're, man, I made this debate all the time. 
we really started this like this whole culture that y'all talking about like man nwa snoop all them boys back in the day them boys really y'all y'all seen tupac would claim to la like oh you talking about nwa snoop all that listen we we, we the uh we the foundation I ain't going look, y'all can have that. That ain't going <laughs> <laughs> Listen here. At the end of the day, that East Coast is different every time. Man, we the foundation. Look at y'all just got one little style, one little, you know, don't nobody listen to that. No, no, nobody listen to Roddy? Uh, huh? Nobody listen to Roddy? When the last time he dropped that album? Okay, okay. <laughs> nobody okay. listen to him lately. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm a